And hello and welcome to Cologne, where we are doing our podcast live from Germany. Germany. I was actually looking for Gamescom, but well, you already went... said Cologne, and that was that's where we are. And I was Cologne, like... Germany, Gamescom. <laughs> anyway, we're here live from Gamescom, and as you can see, we're not in the tavern. Where are we? We are actually under a, a bridge because <laughs> it's so hot otherwise. Yeah. Um, but should we do a quick round of introductions as usual? Should we start right down your end and then down move the along? Yeah. All right. Hi everyone. I'm Joe. I'm the senior community manager at Rare. I'm also Joe. Uh, I'm the executive producer. Had a, a moment there. I'm Adam, uh, head of brand and licensing. I'm Mike, and I'm creative director. I'm Chris, and I'm lead designer. So I suppose we should start by asking how everyone's finding it. Like, is a a is this your first Gamescom? B, how is it? A, yes, it discuss. is. Discuss. <laughs> um, discuss. Um, it's my first Gamescom. Uh huh. Um, in general, not just with, with Sea of Thieves. And it's, so far, it's been incredible. We're on day two now. So we, you know, doors open to the players today um, and we got to meet some of the face to face. And it's been an absolutely amazing experience so far. It is very warm. I'm glad we're under a bridge, but overall, fantastic experience. What about you, Joe? I know this isn't your first, obviously. No, that's good. So I'm glad because I couldn't remember what was A or B. So, so that's A answered. Okay, cool, Move on awesome. to B. Terrific. What was B? B, how are you finding it? Really good. Right. Um, no, no, honestly, it's amazing. Like, it's coming to shows like this every time it reminds you of just, like, why why you do it, right? Like, why we make games and why we, like, why, why we're doing what we're doing and why we're working on Sea of Thieves. Because just the, the passion and the energy you get from everyone that you meet, just it just fills you with, with happiness. And how have you found it, Mike? It's incredible. I think similar to Joe there, being, being back at a live show, you, you just can't, it's hard to really, like, express it really, being there with the fans, hearing their questions, hearing their f feedback. We actually sort of got a little preview of it recently when we attended CFE's Fest and what it feels like to be in that, like, just that buzz of a show. Um, so it's just a little window into what the game means to our community and nothing beats interacting with people and just sharing love for the game face to face. So yeah, none of us take it lightly. And it is 2019, our last live show, but it, in many ways it feels so much longer. So this week's going to mean a lot to all of us and we'll get to take all that energy back to the studio and put it back into Sea of Thieves. So it's a pleasure to be here as always. And how about you, Chris? I mean, when were you last at Gamescom? So I was last at Gamescom 2015, seven years ago. So my bones and joints are you were a younger man then. <laughs> I was less grey in the beard back then. Far more limber in the joints. And my back could take a bit more punishment. But, so I'm definitely feeling it this time. And we're only on day two. But, but yeah, it's the first Gamescom uh, helping to rep Sea of Thieves. And so it's my first opportunity actually to directly connect to the fans, to the community. So as, as Mike and Joe and Joe have all said, it's so inspirational, so inspiring to, to actually hear those personal stories from, from our players and what Sea of Thieves means to them. But actually the conversation that they can have, because Sea of Thieves means so much to us as well, and we get to kind of share that with the community as well. So super inspirational, absolutely. Yeah. So just quickly, I had something to kind of add actually, a little detour, a little detour. Oh, you like these. I, like, I do yeah, love yeah. a detour, a neat tour. No, but just to, to what Mike was talking about as well actually, of like, of Sea of Thieves Fest, I think, is this the first podcast since Sea of Thieves Fest occurred? Yes. I think yes, it is, isn't it? It must be. It must be. It is, it like, is if you, yeah. Yeah. And so I just wanted, to, like, I just wanted to kind of take a moment almost to reflect on that specifically, like as what an amazing thing that was. It was right? incredible. Yeah. They, they just... 
took something and made it even more special. And they'd started planning it back in 2020 before the pandemic hit. And to see it actually come to fruition in 2022 and see so many of us there and meeting our players, it was, it was real magic. Yeah, you know, and it like, you know, and brilliantly, like we didn't have to do anything, did we? Like, just there. <laughs> like it was all organised by someone else. But, but that was just. But no, but that was great. Isn't it? Like, just, like, like, the, the point, perfect event. The but point no, is, but, we didn't need to. No, that's no. it. It was so, so, it was so brilliantly organised yeah. and so professionally run, so inclusive. Yeah. Like to see families, everyone of different ages, how they dealt with even just people with different dietary requirements. They dealt with everyone and access stuff and everything. It was just, it was so well thought out and just, it, you know, it just invited and included everybody from across the globe right that came to this community organized yeah. event yeah. where like over 400 people were there and like it was just it was just an incredible event for the again for the first live thing that any of us had been to for years right they like, made such a safe place for everybody yeah. to come together after so long and to see players who knew each other from from the game going oh it's you oh it's you and then we walked in like oh it's you yeah it was incredible like, yeah what were thank 2015 you Joe and thought of that or Mike it's the stuff that dreams are made of it, it is I mean it's the type of stuff that inspires you when you're building a game that you'd have a set of players that are so passionate about it they just want to share their stories and that that day you know it's an impressive you know kind of idea on paper that there's going to be this community event run by the community but when you were there it felt like I was so taken aback by it. It was, it was like a, it was truly a celebration. There was a, there was a celebration, um, you know, feel to it. And it, uh, yeah, and seeing young children, seeing the cosplay effort, seeing the merchandise, seeing the way the venue had been dressed with so much care and attention to detail. I mean, honestly, hats off to the team that put so much hard work and effort and love and care into organizing CFE's Fest. I mean, already I'm, I'm counting down the days to next year. Yeah. And, and I think... They've, they've updated yeah. their Twitter profile oh, picture today. Is it official now then? 2023. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's and, and honestly, I think um, just... I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Can we cut that bit? <laughs> um, I thought you were going to get emotional. No, 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 no that's it. Emotional, you got uh -huh. me. Yeah, well, you got back on track. I'm back Take on track. the glasses off. <laughs> so, no, no, but like, it's not my glasses off. Show a tear. But, like, but honestly, the, during that Longest John's bit at the end, like, yeah. Yeah. there were more than one of us that got emotional and kind of yeah. had a little, like I say, a little tear on, a little bit of kind of like something in your eye. I tried my best to hide it. I know. I really but like, did. But I was the same, right? Because you were outside chatting to people like at the start of it, yes. weren't you? And I, yeah. I just felt so emotional that this was happening, that all these people were here right. watching the Longest Johns perform and the Longest Johns had kind of started or got kind of, you know, around Sea of Thieves, did a lot around it and was wow. so much to this, this innate connection that I felt so emotional about it. I had to just go and grab Mike and be like, look, you've, <laughs> you've, you've got, got to, to stop this. answering questions from people. <laughs> just for one minute. Come inside and see this and feel this, right? And it was just, like, honestly, I'd like, like, like I said, I don't think, like, thinking back to 2014, 2015, when we yeah. first started this, none of us would have believed something no. like that, no. like, would have imagined that in our wildest dreams, right? No, best, best compliment I can give, something I said straight after Sea of Thieves Fest, which was, hands down, the best show we have ever attended. <laughs> and I include Gamescom, E3, sorry Gamescom, E3, Gamescom, <laughs> like the fact that that was, that, was a, a, that was a festival from the heart, that community get together, it's the best show we've ever attended. Yeah. And Joe's absolutely right. We, we were there just to, we were able to just take it all in. And it was because it was so well run and there was so much going on for everybody that had attended. It was, yeah, an absolute pleasure. So 
Can't, can't say enough. Like, bravo to everybody who's been involved and whoever, everyone who attended. Yeah. I think you touch on it there. That whole event was, it really showcased what Sea of Thieves is about and the passion that comes from the team. But most yeah. of all, it came from the heart of our players and it showcased the heart of our players. And the whole thing was just such a positive experience that you just got reinvigorated for the community after three years of not being able to see the community. Yeah. And, and everyone that didn't go, like, now at the studio is like, like I, don't, like, I know not all of us here went, but everyone's like, I really wish I'd gone now. Yeah. And now they're all like, everyone's looking to next year, right? It's like, I make know. sure you get a bigger venue because like, Cause we're all coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're the going to sell all the tickets uh, yeah. to Rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the pictures <laughs> and the stories alone have just right. blown people's minds back at the studio. And obviously yeah. you, you kind of absolute confidence that when they experience it for themselves, their minds are going to be blown. So I think it's wonderful to see that Hopefully, see if these first 23 is going ahead. It looks like it, but mm -hmm. that, like, I think there'll be a bigger, bigger turnout. Yeah. Hopefully, fans and and dev devs alike. Yeah. I was, I'll just add, add to that because what you were saying about Gamescom as well, and we'll go back and take that energy to the studio. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to go to see these first, but that Monday afterwards, <laughs> everyone just had such colour in their cheeks. They were so excited about it, and I think that is why we're all like, yeah. Yeah, we're absolutely going next year. Like, everyone just had such a great time. You could tell how special it was to the team. Yeah. Don't know what to ask next. <laughs> that's very nice. That's so nice, that bit. Disney, we it's got FOMO now. I, know, I, well. I didn't go, so I do have a bit of FOMO, but that was genuinely... I mean, it's it's surreal. Surreal, though, that we'd not, we'd not had a podcast since then. I know, like, that yes. was nice, no, doesn't it? Good call out for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, I don't think we've, but like, we tweeted about it and we've chatted about it in the studio, but I don't think we've ever really we yeah, spoken. We should dwell on it a bit more just yeah, to say yeah. thank you, which yeah. is. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, thank you to everyone that came, that went, like, that organised it, that went there, that, that shared their stories, that just like. And I think, you know, us. I think as, as well, us being here is something we can appreciate. Mm -hmm. Like, organising an event is really God, yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, and like you were saying, all, it's all the little things that get overlooked. Yeah that make an event difficult to organise. So the fact that they pulled that off, made it so inclusive, and made it such a joyful just celebration, like you can't really overstate how difficult that is. Um, yeah. But to make it Live seem quite streaming, effortless. Including people at home so uh -huh. people could take part, like all of that is like a huge undertaking, right? Yeah, yeah like, all absolutely. Those, it was like all the volunteers, it was all those little stories you don't really see, but because they, you know, they were the organisers and then a, lo a load of volunteers that helped kind of do uh -huh. it. But like during the Longest Johns, when we were all having the best time ever watching it, like the, all the volunteers are out the kind of tidying yeah. everything away and getting the kind of stuff packed away and stuff so that they can vacate the kind of premises and things. Well, I bet there's like, people still outside doing tickets, isn't there, while well, you're inside having a wonderful well, time? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is like the final thing. Uh -huh. So you're seeing the Longest Johns live and, like, and they're doing this it's kind of exclusive performance, but the volunteers are out there kind of just working and doing their thing because, you know, they're, they're, they're putting so much into it. It was just like, honestly, incredible. Did so, anyone else get a flag? I got one of the flags at the end. It didn't us? They looked amazing. I, I got, saw yeah. them. Yeah, they're amazing. Did you steal it? Or? I was going to no, say, did you I ask? I bought it legitimately. <laughs> okay. You didn't specify. I wasn't yeah. just a pirate. Yeah, I'm which, one, which one was it? The rare one. The rare nice. one. Nice. Very nice. 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 So the ta main takeaway from this is bigger venue next year. Well, like yeah, yeah. And and anyone who's out there who's doubting, kind of, should I go on or without? Like, if you can, if you can make it there, like it's. It's like, you know, it's, it's going to be one of the best days of your, of, your, of your year, if not more than that, like, honestly. So. so then, so why don't we talk about what's been going on in the game mm. recently? And that's a lot. It is a lot. So, yes. Make a list. See, season seven has happened, Captains of Adventure. So, honestly, I can't say how wonderful it is to finally get captaincy out into Sea of Thieves. It's one of those updates that we've talked about off and on for many, many years since our original launch, and even before launch, the idea that you could be a pirate captain 
in the world. And it, in our minds, it's always gone beyond the, the simplicity and the idea of just naming your ship. It's always been about it, there being an extension to your fundamental pirate journey. And that journey becomes personified through your ship. And that ship becoming your home in the Sea of Thieves. Because I think it, it's very easy to overlook that. But up until now, the ship is just your means of traversal. And players can find little ways to make it their own. But a lot of what's special about that journey gets lost at the end of the session. And the ship is, it really comes down to just the cosmetic choice. But the thing that's really inspired us, and it's been wonderful to see the reception, is the fact that ships now reflect the players that sail on them. And in, that's why now made so much time to add, made so much sense to add captaincy, because the game has become so broad and so rich in terms of the things you can do that uniquely appeal to you. Yeah. So bringing in a system like captaincy, where you can name your ship and your ship does become persistent and it has the battle scars and, you know, it kind of tells your story. The fact that there are this, there is this new progression element in the game through milestones, that's complementary to what we've done in com commendations. And that tracking your journey as a captain. Now, the way we've often thought about it is, you know, we want you to come into the game, have this wonderful maiden voyage experience, and you're starting your journey as a pirate. And maybe one of the first things you'll do is try the trading companies and find a play style that you might want to favor first. And then you've got the option to become an emissary. But up until captaincy, there's just this, in terms of progression, there's this huge gap between emissaries and then becoming a pirate legend. I mean, that is, it's become faster and faster over the years as we've added more content, but bringing in the ability for players to purchase their first ship and go on that journey to become pirate legend with their ship, or for players who are already pirate legends, they, they've got this whole new progression system that reflects who they are. It's one of the biggest reasons why we wanted to bring in the milestones. I mean, for us, commendations were always like, they're like a sticker book. They're like, I've got all the stamps. I've got all the things that say I've, I've kind of done everything within that play style. We wanted to bring in something new that was essentially uncapped. And at certain milestones, not see why we thought the name, um, you, get to get, you, you get to attain unique rewards that can then, you can show off on your ship to, to, to demonstrate what you're most passionate about. But as players get more and more into this, they'll hopefully will start to see some of those bragging rights around these uncapped stats, essentially, that have this physical representation on the ship. So that, and then all the magic on top of it, like the captain's log, being able to pick up the captain's log and see what that ship was doing in the world, looking through the spyglass and having an indication about what makes that crew on the horizon tick. From the name, from the banners that represents the playstyle they've chosen, from the way the ship looks from its cosmetics, and then when you board that ship, what they've chosen from all their trinkets that represents what they're all about as a pirate. So, as you can tell, like we've, it's an idea we've always wanted to bring to Sea of Thieves, but like, it's wonderful to see it land so well and see so many players comment about how it's refreshed their Sea of Thieves experience, how the Sea of Thieves world and all the activities they've maybe not engaged with for a long time, it's been renewed. And captaincy is there to refresh the sandbox and just renew that experience for everyone. It's going to be great to see players purchase different ships, take them to Legendary, align them in different ways. But yeah, it's, it's great. I assume the same from you. <laughs> yeah? What, what Mike said. Basically, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't have anything to add, so I really don't. Mm. Um, so like, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> assuming... So how have the community taken it all? They've like, loved it. Yeah? Yeah, like, it, it's... 
new ways to play while touching on old content. Yeah. And we've had a lot of players saying they're engaging with stuff that they wouldn't have previously engaged yeah. with because they've done all their Meg commendations. They've done all their Fort of the Damned commendations. And now they're stopping for that Meg. They're going to fight that Kraken because they want to represent themselves on their ship. So it's gone down really well. I mean, they would have been happy if we'd just gone, you can name your <laughs> ship. And we didn't. We gave them so much more. And the response has been really great to see. Yeah, everyone just wants a pen dragon painting as well, though. I've seen a lot of tweets about wanting a pen dragon so, painting as a new Yeah, po apologies, everyone. We, <laughs> a little like, sigh there. Penny we do. We do. No, <laughs> Penny, Penny D. Penny D. <laughs> well, this is going to make it worse, but we deliberately didn't add that. Wow. It's not like we'd, we, not like we'd forget so, so, something like that. Not like forget we pen dragon. We that deliberately like, didn't add that. This doesn't make it better. That did not it, make it, it well, better. Hold on, let's wait for the expansion. <laughs> When, I mean, that, that because right. we thought players would really want it, so we were like, so nah. 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 Sorry, I've given something to um, <laughs> No, but Pen Pendragon is, is such a beloved character, and I think his story in the game, you know, whether it's Seabound Soul, Heart of Fire, A Pirate's Life, he's such a beloved mm -hmm. character. And, and even if he's not your favourite, he has such a part of the lore of Sea of Thieves. That, that, and that painting has such a meaning, right? It's where Pendragon's soul was trapped in Seabound Soul. He is the seabound soul. Um, so when we bring that in, we want it. To, we want to bring it in with. What was that? Did you not? Did it just clicked? <laughs> I hope not. Or is or is it flame art? There's a double meaning there with who the seabound soul is. It's not seabound as in he's going on an adventure. Oh, yeah. he's, he's bound at sea. Yeah. Sorry, I, sorry for it. There you go. Penny dropped there. Um, Penny D. When Penny we, D dropped. When we bring that. When we bring that in, we'll want to bring it in in a way that does justice to yeah. that character. There you go, Joe. I'm laughing at my own joke again. I know. <laughs> we're, we're all aware of yeah. that, you know. Cool. You got anything to add, Chris? <laughs> so <we> just... <laughs> what Mike said. <laughs> just move on. Oh, this is great. We should do more podcasts. What, just more outdoor podcasts? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, people seeing the sun, someone pushing his bike along. It's brilliant. Just, uh, more of these... Chilean yeah. podcast. Chilling we so, like, what? Given we're here, let's talk briefly again about Gamescom. Oh yeah. Yes. So, what's been going on on the booth? Like, what's been like your highlight, other than meeting people? Because I know that's everyone's answer. What else has been going on? The top, the tiny little girl getting the tattoo earlier. Like, did you see the that? Was adorable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really, like, that. she was probably what five or uh, something. Yeah, five or six. Yeah, yeah, with her mum, and she got like a like, like a big, big rat. Her. <laughs> yeah, big, big rat, rat tattoo on her arm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was so good. Yeah. So there's just that again, seeing someone, someone so young and so so little coming to our stand and getting a, getting a really cool kind of a temporary tattoo. Oh, that was lovely. What tattoos have you got, Joe? Well, I've got loads. Like, he's got all of them. I basically just said like, do what you want. I, I am your canvas. Like paint upon me, and she just like gave me some really cool sleeves. I really want tattoos now. Right. And you've got quite a spectacular one. I, oh, I added yeah. glitter. I got I got my Reaper's Bones one yesterday, and this morning found out they had glitter on the, on as well. And I was like, do it, do it. Cover me. Oh, it's been spruced up, has it? Been yeah. Like, oh yeah, they keep it adding to it. can make you shiny. Very nice. Nice. No, I haven't done, done right. one yet. I got this oh, one. Yeah. Very nice. Use Tipex on yours. Tipex on mine. Oh. <laughs> but you know. Still looks all right, doesn't it? it? Looks nice. Mike, <laughs> validate me, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I like how Chris. Okay. Yeah, it looks okay. I like how Chris, with his, still remained neutral to the end. Yeah. Oh yeah, with yeah, his yeah. tattoos. So I've gone save Golden Sands. Ooh. And oh, I've I also see. gone ruin Golden Sands. Neutral to the end from That's this right. man. Nice. Sat on the fence. I'm, look, you I'm were still, neutral. I'm still flanked by Joe and you. I have to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I'm by a big river as well. Exactly. 
Thankfully, Adam is uh, in the danger position. I'm today. fine here. You're the one who's in trouble. Middle's I'm always all right. safe. I'm all right. I'm neutral. I'm <laughs> neutral. Yeah, yeah, neutral. Like Keir Starmer. Just for the benefit of Microsoft's <laughs> HR team, that wasn't actually a threat. If it, really, if <laughs> it could be considered as one, it wasn't actually a real threat. Is there some disclaimer going on? Yeah, yeah I'm just saying for the Microsoft legal team. Yeah, we're not going to chuck someone in the middle. No, we're not going to chuck anyone in the middle. If he slips, he slips. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, you know, I, did you just say if he slips, he slips? <laughs> Stop. You know this is going in the cut. This is going in the cut, so... That was like, I've got You're wondering, this. is this real? He's like, none yes, of this is edible, is real. guys. Stop it. Did I wake up yet? There's no podcast now. No, it's gone. It's gone. I'll, I'll let you decide whether to keep that. It's just right. a manic... <laughs> it's just a manic end-of-day games com chat yeah. now. Everyone is slightly delirious. Yeah, yeah, I've got mascara in my eyes. That's Make true. of that what you will. Yeah. Is this go You're not recording still, are you? <laughs> yeah. Of course he is. <laughs> got mascara in my eyes. That's yeah. it. That's the, that's the thumbnail. It's supposed to be, isn't it? Um, right, so let's talk a little bit about Hunter's Cry then. I'm going to look at you two for this. So where are we at? What's going on? So we made... Well, obviously we released Hunter's Cry. Yeah. The most recent adventure. Hit, haven't they? And... To summarise what we were asking players to do, yes. obviously where we're at in terms of the storytelling, the Dark Brethren had captured Merrick. Yep. We're holding him up for information in the Sea of the Damned and the Pirate Lord needs Merrick rescued before he can spill those secrets to the Dark Brethren. So he politely asked our community to come together, work together. It's the only way to save Merrick. So he's the Valley of the Ancients, opens his portal to the Sea of the Damned and asks all these crews to come together in our little... Avengers Endgame moments of all these crews coming together <laughs> to work together, use these lighthouses selling, to, 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 to work as the <laughs> centre of a Stay twisted again. version of the Sea Dogs Tavern that's been yep. manifested from Amaranta's memories where America's being housed. That was the dream. And? That was the dream. And it, that's how it played out when we were, when we all <laughs> played it together. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. We had all our crews coming together. And then, indeed, yeah, like, I like that. And throw to Mike. <laughs> and to Mike. That was, and then that was that was that was beautiful. That was a, that was a beautiful pitch, and 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 could obviously captures the absolute heart of it. Um, yeah, as, as Chris says, like in, beyond just the adventure, there's this broad story that players have been following, unfolding in the Sea of Thieves, where we've got all these different pirate factions in our world, each with a different vision for the pirate's life. So we've got the Dark Brethren, as you said, with Wonder and Amaranta, and Duke, old Duke. Um, and the Dark Brethren, of course, were working with Davy Jones, but players defeated Davy Jones as part of a pirate's life. Now they're on their own, and they're plotting from the Sea of the Damned. And then in opposition, we've obviously got the Pirate Lord and, and his players, the Pirate Legends, and we've got Flame Hearts and the Servant of the Flame and the Reaper's Bone. So there's this trifecta war between these factions that's ongoing, these war between these different pirate leaders and poor old Merrick's caught right in the center of it. And players have seen this narrative play out, going back to our first year, you know, Merrick being that hero, introducing players to the Megalodon in Hunger in Deep, then truly presenting him as that hero of the sea in the Shrouded Deep when you defeated the Shrouded Ghost. Now to where we've seen with Forsaken Hunter and Merrick unfortunately got killed. Spoilers if you, if you didn't play that one. Uh, and ended up in the Sea of the Damned. And now as Chris says, players are going into the Sea of the Damned to rescue Merrick. So 
the backdrop to all of this, as I was saying, is this story is building and building and Flameheart is moving forward in his plans alongside the Dark Brethren with their own plan. Uh, and yeah, this brings a touching conclusion to Merrick's part of the story. So players who've been able to play it will, will recognize what I mean when I say that, but there's a, there's a very heartfelt moment of the end and players will see in a future release kind of where Merrick's gonna find his place amongst the legends of the Sea of Thieves. But as Chris was talking about there, it's certainly like many of the adventures, we're trying to, I guess, play test and evolve different styles of play for what we could use to present adventures. So we have ones that are far more narrative focused. We have like, like Forsaken Hunter was a great example of that. We've got those set piece style battles like we had with the Shrouded Deep. And now it's almost taking the spirit of the Shrouded Deep, but almost building an environmental challenge around it in the Sea of the Damned for Hunter's Cry, which is live now. So as we're doing this, we're constantly learning. And I mean, speaking openly, as our players will know, listening, there's, there's definitely been an amount of toxicity, I would say, and an amount of negativity that for us, which we saw with the Shrouded Deep, but for us it kind of, the, the goodwill and the amazing stories it created kind of overwhelmed it, but I think it reached a bit of a tipping point. And even though some of that was likely to happen, I think we always like to try new things. We want to be ambitious. We want to bring players new experiences, but this and it, absolutely, the feedback reached a point where we wanted to make a change. So if you haven't had a chance to play Hunter's Cry yet, or unfortunately you played Hunter's Cry and you weren't able to experience that story, I'd absolutely recommend you to... Which we don't... Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Of course it is. Still roll, keep rolling. It is when this goes out. So if you, if you hear this when it goes live, absolutely jump in there and play Hunter's Cry. And how it will work now is you'll, you're likely to play alone, but we also want to preserve that social magic. So it's likely that you, it's also likely that you may play with another crew. So you'll have the core of what we designed it to be, which is crews working together to scale the Sea Dogs Tavern and rescue Merrick. Yeah. And also, it was always kind of against the clock as well. The Pirate Lord can't keep the portal open indefinitely, lest some threats escape from the Sea of the Damned into the Sea of the Thieves. But to kind of accommodate the smaller scale crews entering the experience, we prolonged the time. The Pirate Lord has kindly agreed to increase the amount of time. Despite the dangers, he's, he's kindly agreed to leave the portal open a little <laughs> bit longer to give the smaller scale crews uh, entering the Sea of the Damned a bit longer to rescue Merrick. Yeah. And, and for, but, but just kind of hitting on the toxicity point a little bit i think you know for people that did purposefully go in there to basically ruin other people's experience right like that's unacceptable like and you know we were like if people submit reports with evidence and stuff then we will be taking have been taking action against that and we'll continue to do so because it's like you know we we created this we give players freedom we give them kind of a freedom to play see if thieves in the way they want but this was clearly designed with an intent in mind um, and for people that went in there and purposely disrupted it purposely stopped other people from being able to do that like like I think that was, that's it, like, it's not okay, right? Like, yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, we give people the tools to play Sea of Thieves how they want, and you can make it your game, your pirate, your ship, but you don't have a right to ruin someone else's adventure at the same time. And I think we heard the feedback when it hit that limit, and we wanted to make that change, as Mike said, because at the heart of Sea of Thieves is the interactions you have with players, but you don't have a, a right to bully someone in an experience that we're trying to create with something special. Yeah. Um, and I, I, th I think the community have, have responded really well to the changes that we have made and that we have listened to them. 
Yeah. But I think and as a team, we assume best intent, though. We, we do, and we have, they are yeah. good players. Uh -huh. That's the thing that we have to remember. And, and throwing it back to Sotfest, you saw the heart yeah. of our community, and they are good people. And they are, but and that's the majority. The right? vast majority. Yeah. And, and it was actually, it was, vast majority. Strangely, there was also some uplifting stuff around this, right, of, of players that went in to kind of protect uh -huh. others who were doing yeah. the event, <laughs> right? and like, yeah, uh -huh. policing that and going in there. What and were and they? Uh, and that's, Athena's that's patrol, was, I think they yeah, were calling yeah, yeah, themselves. But again, that was like that was such a great swing almost, wasn't it, in like behaviour and incentive. Yeah. in terms of people going in and doing that and kind of wanting to, to help preserve mm -hmm. that experience, right? But ultimately, like, would like that not to have to be the case and, that, you know, we'll take those lessons and we'll, we'll fold them into future things. But, but again, like, that's, like, you know, that shows what actually yeah. the majority of the community is about and what CFT players and the, the, the stuff that we love, right? So. And I'd, I'd love to... So just touch on a few points there. So I think it is quite pertinent to, to what's happened with the Hunter's Cry. I think, firstly... I think it'd be easy to say that, you know, no, a narrative you know, rare, rare assumes that players are always going to be good. And I think as the creators of the game, you know, we absolutely believe, you know, with a passion for what CFEs represent. So it's kind of inevitable that we will, we will see the good in people first. But I think, and, and there's a fine line here between the freedom that we give players and it is a shared world and almost the perception that anything goes. And that is true to a point. But I think the spirit of that adventure, everything about that narrative was about crews coming together with a singular focus to work together. And that's the context. It's not the open seas of Sea of Thieves where the context is you're in the wilderness. There are just ships that pass and they may have loot on board. And every ship is kind of a mystery box that could have loot. That's the context you're in when you're out on the open seas. But in that adventure, the context clearly is very much about people working together. So. I absolutely understand, hand on heart, when a community will say, but it's Sea of Thieves, you can do anything you want. But truthfully, I think players that were going in there to purposely destroy someone's game, of course they knew what they were doing. They knew that, that that's not like the open seas. The context was different. And I think it's a, it's a nuance that we see. We see the feedback and we understand it. And I think this time, Maybe we, we, we were over generous in how we thought it would go out, but that's why we've stepped in and we've made this change to try and preserve this experience that the team has worked, you know, Chris and his team have worked so hard on this experience. We want to preserve that experience and let as many people as possible mm -hmm. enjoy what's great about it. And it is a beautiful experience. I mean, I, I would say I've, I've been fortunate enough to do it a couple of times with cooperative crews and it, that, the, the level design in it is beautiful. The narrative design and the, and the journey is really something special that we're making. And we, we take from this and we, we learn from it and we adapt as we go forward. That's the thing. Adventures are still relatively new territory and we hear what the players are saying, we design and we build on it. And that's exactly it. And with every adventure as well, we obviously release a new adventure. Every month is not just about telling the story episodically and pushing this narrative forward. We want to uh, kind of showcase the variety of experiences that CFEs can contain. And we don't want to kind of have every adventure play out the same way. We are going to try and push to create, allow players to create different stories together. And as Mike kind of said earlier, with this one, it felt like we, we kind of passed a threshold that we felt comfortable with, which is why we wanted to react so quickly. Um, but I want us to continue to be brave. We will continue to kind of try and push for these different experiences for that variety so that adventures don't grow stale. Sometimes, again, we may hit a point where, but we hope more often than not, we will learn more and more and we will fold all of this thinking, all of these learnings into our future adventure designs as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, just hope players see the ambition there that 
Now, this is alongside season. Seasons are still there, refreshing the sandbox, adding new systems, new ways to play, new mechanics, adventures are an unfolding narrative. But that doesn't mean we just want to settle in one, one way of doing it. Like, and I think as we look beyond Hunter's Cry now and we look to the next adventures and where the next decision point, how that's going to be presented to players, players will see that ambition and they'll continue to see us trying new things. You're the host. I'm the host. I'm trying to think what's <laughs> right. <laughs> you get quite wrapped up. In. I know, I know. Um, but genuinely, like, listen, listen, but genuinely, it's like listening to everyone uh -huh. talk. It like reminds me of like the principles we have and the cultures and the values of us as a team and as a game and as a as just like, like as a community, right? But like, and it just makes me proud to listen to everybody and talk about kind of what what it means to you and how we deal with something like this, right? Like, I just think you know, like it's it's just I, I love hearing everyone's well, kind of because you could everyone's all, passion. You could all easily yeah. just ignore it and yeah. hope it went away. Yeah. Let the adventure end and then yeah, move yeah. on. But no, no. But, so yeah. what is coming up then? Like you kind of hinted at it there, Mike. Ooh, straight into it. Yeah. It's not really straight into it, is it? But well, you've, yeah. warmed, <laughs> you've warmed, warmed me you up. Yeah. You've warmed you've me up. You've got a chat on and then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think like building on what we were talking about earlier with captaincy, being a, you know, it's a big, it's a meaningful update to Sea of Thieves. Broad in scope, new ways to play, refreshes the sandbox. Season eight is going to be kind of very different. Yeah but similar in ambition. So all I'll say is that this, is, this season eight will bring in a new way to play and a new way to play that I think a lot of our community have been asking for for a long time. And it's about giving you a type of gameplay in Sea of Thieves when you want it, but fundamentally done in that immersive Sea of Thieves way. So it's, it's a new way to, way to play, but it will be presented with all the immersion, all the role play, There'll be new reward options as part of it. There'll be new environmental work that they'll get to explore. So when you look at the feature set for season eight, it is broad in scope. Like there's gonna be some incredible screenshot worthy moments. There'll be some awesome role play potential and just a whole new way to experience the Sea of Thieves sandbox. So I just get so proud thinking about this as a follow-up to season seven and just how it'll just, just refresh the sandbox once again. And I'll leave it there before yeah. I get carried away. No, it's good. But honestly, whenever I hear you talk about it and when I think about what I've uh -huh. seen for season eight, I just, like, in my head, I just do that, like, um, the Bateman gift. They're like, ooh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Do it again. Mm. Like, <laughs> But honestly, that's just the GIF I want to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, just yeah. like post because I—that's how I think now in GIFs. It's one of the. It's one of, <laughs> that's how my mind works. Unfortunately, it's the perils of the modern world. No, I don't um, see words. I just see GIFs. Yeah, that's it. I think in GIFs. Take one thing away from me. <laughs> Season eight is definitely one of those updates where, and we've said this out loud. We're there reviewing, you know, kind of some latest environment work, and we're yeah. like, oh, if only our players could have a little window into what we're creating. Oh. I think I think it's going to blow their mind. So it is. super excited. Exactly. Phil saw it when he came to visit, didn't he? We gave him a little tour of it and stuff. That when you were playing the imaginary piano. It, I wasn't yeah. actually, oh, was I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, wasn't yeah. I don't <laughs> know what I was flow. doing. Like, okay. oh, oh, yeah, I don't know why both <laughs> hands were kind of raised. <laughs> I wasn't playing a piano. I was actually, I was taking Phil through I guess the, the, by the, Phil, do you mean Phil Spencer? Phil, Phil Spencer, yes. Phil Spencer. He's in the studio, yes. He's probably the only like, Phil that you don't need to kind of I don't know, you never know. That's true. Might be another Phil. That might be true, yeah. Other Phil. Phil. Just a, our mate Phil that we Phil, brought you know to the Phil? studio. Yeah, yeah, Phil. 
Anyway, sorry, yes. <laughs> Phil Spencer, that, you were that showing was, him. That was me playing yeah. my little piano, but essentially just taking Phil through the, the, you know, the detail beyond what I've just talked about, which is the pitch for season eight, how it's going to change the Sea of Thieves experience and why players will be excited about it. And obviously he was... He clearly I was going to say, out of interest, how did he react? Phil's great. Phil always has some really insightful comments. Yeah. And he, he asks questions, you know, obviously he's really trying to understand how it works and fundamentally how the mechanics change the experience. So it was great. I felt reassured because he, he was listening. So the little piano move worked. Yeah. That's why you played him a song on your piano. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a funny song title <laughs> if you're looking at me for that. Well, of course I'm looking at you for that. <laughs> What's what the next gift? For, <laughs> uh -huh. What's the next gift? It's the cat gift, isn't it? What's that? What That's cat gift? Which one? Piano one. Piano cat. There's Come a cat. on. There's a piano. piano cat gift. I don't know. Let's use that one. It's a pretty famous gift, isn't it? It's very famous. Yeah. yeah, I just use original gifts, though. Like, you know, I've got my own little repertoire. I don't okay, use ones enough. that everyone oh, else Oh, yeah, uses. he doesn't like the mainstream gift. No, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's all for the niche stuff. He's joke. Exactly. I've got to have my own gift voice, haven't I? Like... So we did touch upon it briefly. So what about the next um, decision point then? Any little teases there? Oh. Well, you, you want to tee it up, tee it up, Chris. I mean, be careful. I guess you kind of suggested where the story was heading earlier when we were talking about how we reached Adventure 6 and you were talking about obviously this trifecta, getting the pieces into place on the table. So we'd established obviously the Pirate Lord would establish Flameheart, who was keen to get hold of the Veil of the Ancients, so that was going to be his way in. And the pirates banded together that time and helped Merrick and Bell to prevent that from happening. They got hold of the Veil of the Ancients, so round one, ding, ding, went to the Pirate Lord. <laughs> That's and, how it happens. <laughs> and we have our little, a little moment to then kind of reacquaint everyone with the Dark Brethren, yep. but there's going to be a point where we revisit Pirate Lord and Flameheart and the Servant of the Flame and how are they going to feel? They're going to feel pretty invigorated after that first round defeat. They're going to want to retaliate and I'm probably saying a bit too much. Oh, I love it. Keep going. And I'm I love it. the analogy uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's but, good. Uh, but obviously we also saw how much the community rallied around our last kind of decision point and obviously is it fair to say there's still more for, for us to kind of reveal about where that led because obviously mm. in the short term you could argue it kind of maintained yep. the status quo uh -huh. to some extent where the the traders at golden sands moved back in obviously you could then start a session back at golden sands you can have new treasures in end your voyages but they're not going to leave it at that nothing says that golden sands might not fall again in future so how might they Oh, I've gone too far. No, you uh, haven't. <laughs> you haven't. You know, you know what? I've, I've, I've gone too far. <laughs> Go but, but you wouldn't rest on your laurels, would you? Um, if, someone, if someone kind of reigned in your parade, kind of invaded your territory, um, what would you do? Ding, ding. That's what, what I'd ding, do. Ding, 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 ding. You'd you change, you change your locks. You'd instill a burglar alarm. Like, you wouldn't just leave, leave your casa to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is a wide roaming. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Still, like, Mubish are not given some to try talking riddles to try and at least great. drag it's it out. Really good. It's good. Right. We'll see. We'll see it's what. Like just a minute. We'll see what Falco can make of this and piece together <laughs> into some 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 video. I think we can throw we can throw throw a bit more CTs in there. I think. Okay. What are you like, going to say, Joe? No, nothing. It's fine. Like, oh. Nothing useful. <laughs> nothing useful. <laughs> we can throw a bit more CTs now. I will say that. 
why are, you know, when you go to the trading companies where you, you kind of spawn in, you're in the tavern, we call them outposts for a reason. You know, that, that, that use of that word is very deliberate. And we've often said, you know, you haven't missed the golden age of Seathies. You didn't miss the best bits. They are outposts. They are these fledgling little spots of civilization in this pirate world where anything can happen. So the chance to have golden sands go through a transformation both ways, whether if it, if, it was, if it wasn't saved, it would have gone through a different transformation. Now it has been saved. Golden Sands fundamentally will change yeah. as a location that hopefully people will love. And the one thing, the other thing to add is that the storyline and the next decision point, it's actually tightly linked to season eight. I think, I think you'll, the players will see this happening more and more where the seasonal narrative as we as we kind of building up steam now, momentum, you'll see that seasonal narrative narrative even more closely tied to what we're doing in adventures. Players have seen a little bit of this with the Vale of the Ancients, with how Vale of the Ancients was a focus of the Pirate Legend Voyage, and then it became part of the adventure story. But we're going even deeper for season eight and that set of adventures leading to the decision point. So, lots to look forward to. And without and you cannot answer this obviously, but in terms of the decision point, will it be as binary as the last one? It will, and that's deliberate. Do you want to jump in there? I think that's how you capture the community to a large degree. You kind of get that tribalism. Yeah. You give that kind of clear daddy or chips moment. Like you're going to feel strongly about one. You're going to feel strongly about the other. Uh, and I think that's how you get something particularly spicy for the community to, to, to kind of fight over, to champion, to really get behind, to stake their flag in the, in the ground for the side they truly believe in. So that's the power of something, I mean, a binary, I guess, simplifies it to some degree. Um, looking back and again, the last decision point, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's rigged. Rare already knows what the outcome's gonna be. And, and Rez, this is why, partially why it takes some time to play out. We 100% always went into, the, into this to honor where, <laughs> where the community wanted to go, where they wanted to take it. We didn't wanna speculate, we didn't wanna second guess. Uh -huh. Um, and did and it turn out as you expected the last one, Chris? It was too close to call. It genuinely was too close to call, even when we were thinking about it when we were designing it, when we came up with that as yeah. being the decision point, we had no idea. I think the studio was split as to yeah. where they thought it was going to go. And even throughout, we didn't know. So we had that reveal, that live reveal. None of us around that table, honestly, hand on heart, knew what yeah. was in that box. Um, but I was neutral. I know Mike was happy, and I know, <laughs> I know Joe still is thinking about it now. He's he fine. Got, he's he, fine. Look at he's fine. Bit of a sad effect moment. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, Joe? Which side were you on? I was ruined. Golden Sands. You were ruined. Yeah, yeah, I'm a reaper at heart. That's, That's I like. I like blowing things up, and you know, I mean, gave me keg rowboats. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna use them, but I think to. To what Chris said, I'll be honest, I was happy. I was kind of happy when I got the result because I really like spawning in at Golden Sands and it's got the best barrel supplies when you're sopping up your ship. Um, but it was a really beautiful moment that they came together to save this really iconic outpost. Um, and to touch on what Chris said about creating that sense of tribalism, but by the choice only, I say only being binary as if it's so simple, you just knock these out, you know? And it's not, it's far more complicated than that. But we give them emissaries to represent themselves and they might be order of souls they might be gold hoarder this didn't this was a you're this side or you're this side and you have to choose 
Um, and it was incredible to see that. And I think we'll see it with decision points going forward because they really do rally behind it and they're very passionate about the side they choose. But it's, it's super exciting for us as designers at thinking about the future of CFEs as well because these are those opportunities where the community have, have a direct input into the future of CFEs. So they're going to see again over time soon the outcome of that first decision point. And when that gets revealed as well, the community are always going to know they have been the ones responsible for shaping the future of CFEs. And it is going to reshape uh -huh. the future of CFEs. You'll see it and you won't be able to argue with that. And will I not? Our conversations, <laughs> our conversations about the next decision point, again, it's the exact same conversations about, it's that sliding doors yeah. moment and the community are gonna decide which path and, and do you ever kind of want people to regret the decision later on? I don't mean that in a horrible way, but is there that sense of, this seems like the right choice? but it might not be the right choice. I think you need there to be consequence mm -hmm. to make it uh -huh. an interesting choice for the community. You need that sense of consequence. Yeah. Um, I think that's how you just elevate it emotionally as well to actually get that thought into it. You don't want to offer a choice where the community don't care either way. You want them to absolutely care. You want them to absolutely be passionate and rally behind it. And so you want there to be that potential for regret for one side or the other. Yeah. Push those emotive buttons when you do exactly. it, don't you? That's the thing. It's those choices. Make you, know. you think, start, make you speculate, mm -hmm. make you question whether it's the right, the right option that you're choosing. Yeah. I think it's exactly that. It's the, it's the reason why Golden Sands, you know, the story of an outpost being threatened in the world, it's why Golden Sands made sense because yeah. it is a beloved outpost for many reasons. Functionally, because of where it is in the world. Presentationally, because the way it looks, it's like this pirate paradise with palm mm -hmm. trees, turquoise waters. It's beautiful. Um, but that's precisely why it needed to be golden sands. <laughs> but, I mean, also the history with wonder and all of that. But um, yeah, it's about pushing those emotional buttons and yeah. getting people invested and making people really think about the decisions they make. So I think that's probably it, isn't it? Should we wrap it up there? think so. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. been wonderful. We've enjoyed our time under this bridge. <laughs> I really have. It's yeah. been eventful. It's been eventful. And as you can see, beautiful cologne behind us. I kind of, I did realize at the start, we didn't say where we were for the people listening, that we are stood by the river with the cathedral behind us. So I I'm saying that right now at the end. So yeah. if you've listened to this whole thing saying, what, what is all that ambient noise? That's what the ambient noise is. I said, thank you very no, much. That was all in my head. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who knows, Joe? Who knows? Um, but with that, we'll call it a day, shall we? So, yeah. yeah, so thank you ever so much for listening, and yeah, we'll see you on the seas. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Alfie <Alfredo> Zane. <laughs>